morning, Father's House. Thank you, Vince, for that introduction. Um, and I think as worship is such a great expression of what we do at Father's House, I think what I'm going to talk about today is very much an expression of what our church and your church is doing uh, across this city. <clears throat> so I'm not going to stand here today and actually ask you for anything. I'm rather going to tell you what we've been doing outside of Sundays to impact this city. <clears throat> so Lever Foundation started 10 years ago as a direct expression of what Father's House wants to do outside of Sundays. And we came to the conclusion that we want to change people's lives through helping them find a job. There's a 63% youth unemployment at the moment in South Africa. That means that half of the people are not working. It is more common not to work than to work, which just seems really crazy. So we've dedicated a lot of our time and resources to help people enter the economy. Church often takes a lot of heat for not doing enough outside of Sunday. <clears throat> and we understand that many of you, all of you, have very busy lives and are at full capacity already. And so this is what your church is doing in order to impact the city on your behalf. It might seem like I'm showing off today, but it's because, it's because I am. <laughs> And I hope by the end of it, you will also feel like you can show off on behalf of what your church is doing in, communi in communities outside of Sunday. There's three things I want to tell you about today, three flagship programs. The first one is Work for a Living. So Work for a Living is how we help people find jobs. We give them the skill sets, we change their mindsets, and we help them to become good employees. <clears throat> this course happens every three weeks in Kids Church right behind us. We make sure that we use our buildings and we have a lot of unemployed youth come through the building. We've had over a thousand youth come through over the years and many of them have found employment directly in our city. <clears throat> we also have many phase two skills. So first we help them to understand why they need to arrive on time and have a good attitude. And then we help them to actually get the skill sets. We run merchandiser course, cashier, office administration, even graphic design. And those happen in our e-cafe. You'll see in Warehouse One where the computers are. Um, during midweek, those are actually people coming to learn how to make sure they can get a job. So the next one is Red Band Barista Academy. Now, Father's Houses set up and launched churches across this country, I'm convinced off the back of really good cappuccinos. <laughs> and we pride ourselves in this. I think we pour a great cappuccino. Um, being a barista is a really cool job. So it's something that an unemployed youth really strives to look forward to, and they can really be the heartbeat of a coffee shop. So we really focused on this as one of the key phase two skills that someone could get. <clears throat> Over the years, over 400 unemployed youth have come through our program. Many of these have served you a coffee already in this city. Seattle, VDE, Mug and Bean, Wimpy, they all recruit directly from us, and our students are really the stars that shine in their organizations. <clears throat> we, we had a graduation on Friday, and Seattle literally came to graduation and sat in the graduation because they want to be the first ones to grab those baristas when they qualify. So next time you're having a coffee, ask them if they come from Red Band, and the chances are they'll say they did. 
The impact has been not just in this city, and this has blown my mind as the years have gone by. In 2018, we launched our first Red Band Barista Academy in Uganda. The same program reaching the same people, unemployed youth. Many of those people then were recruited to go work in countries like Dubai or Qatar, where they could earn substantially more and then send money back to their families. In 2019, we launched our local Red Band Barista Academy from this church in Cape Town and the city of George. And we were the first ever organization that actually trained currently incarcerated people behind bars um, and set them up to be able to work once they came out of prison. Last year, Red Band Barista Academy won the award for dedication to education in South Africa, the Coffee uh, Awards in South Africa. And earlier this year, Sean and I were invited to speak at the World Coffee Roasters Forum as a keynote speaker in El Salvador to explain and tell people all about the impact we're having in Africa. So all of this is started and coming from your church from the city of Kerbecha in Mandela Bay. Now, I want to talk to you about Tangible Africa, which has really become our biggest flag flagship program. The interesting thing, uh, George and I often smile at each other when we realize how all roads lead back to something that happened at church. Prof. Jean Kreling from Mandela University, I met him because he attends Father's House and we were having a conversation about one of his honor students' projects. He believed that this could have huge impact in the community, and I agreed with him. So we said, let's see what we can do and see how your church, our foundation and organization, can see if we can make this impact properly on the ground and not just stay an academic program. So what is tangible? At tangible, we demystify coding. Tangible is an unplugged, low-cost solution to bridge the digital divide and introduce learners to coding. Just in South Africa, there are 16,000 schools without computers. So this is a solution where we don't need computers and we can help close that digital divide. It's a mobile app game called Rangers. It's fun, it's gamified, and it's a way to engage learners. We've found that kids are so excited about this game that they are playing at break times, after school, on weekends, and I often think we're just tricking them into learning how to do maths and other skills by letting them play on a phone. <laughs> okay, so how does this app work? You'll see a few visuals now on the screen. There's a ranger on the screen who needs to move through a maze and catch a poacher before the poacher gets to the rhino. The learners map out with physical tokens and puzzle pieces, and they put that on the desk in front of them. These little physical puzzle pieces are directions, forward, back, left, right. <clears throat> they map out what they think is the solution to catch the poacher. Then they pick up the phone again, take a photo. The phone internalizes the little QR codes on the puzzle pieces, <clears throat> and then you'll see the poacher catch the rhino uh, the, the ranger catch the poacher if they have the correct sequence. So a really fun way for young school kids to learn first-year coding concepts 
and the jump between the digital phone and the physical tokens really creates a great, fun, interactive way to engage digital technology, but also create spatial awareness and teamwork as people are working together. So, a fun game. This fun game has reached 120,000 learners over the years in South Africa, across all nine provinces. <clears throat> Our team is growing and we have regional coordinators in all nine provinces, um, particularly into, and we've pushed into these regions of the rural parts of South Africa um, and reached over a thousand schools with a thousand, more than a thousand teachers, particularly because this game doesn't need electricity, it doesn't need data, um, and it doesn't need a computer. All you need is a very basic smartphone um, and the app to be downloaded. So we really are able to reach, we've seen kids play it on the side of a road when a bus is broken down before they go to school at the taxi rank or under a tree. This program has even been accredited by the Department of Education um, so that teachers can get their professional points when they do our course. So I've spoken about this on Mandela Day, but now it'll hopefully give you a bit more context. So when learners play this game at school, the top five kids from each school get selected and they will be, uh, represent their school at the, at the Mandela Day coding tournament. Now, to give you some context of how this has grown over the years, this year on Mandela Day, we had 16,000 learners compete for their schools on one day across 600 schools in 70 locations in South Africa. That's a big event. The president of South Africa even joined our tournaments in Tomo and came and played with the kids. I think sometimes we, in the... The busyness of life, we've, we don't realize what is coming out of your church from this city. And it hasn't stopped there. We've expanded into five African countries. Ghana, Kenya, Uganda, Zimbabwe, Zambia. We've won a couple of international awards for this program. And the innovation has also been recognized in Europe. So this year, between Prof. John, Jackson, and myself, we have presented Tangible in Dublin, Rotterdam, Finland, Estonia, and Germany. In June, we officially launched in Ireland, where Jackson trained various master trainers who are now rolling it out at schools in Dublin. A local Eastern Bake solution for Rural Africa is wanted in Europe and needed in Europe. Last week, we, we opened and launched Tangible in Germany as well. So, this goes further. The game has been modified into be inclusive of the visually impaired, impaired and blind as well. So, we've modified the tokens to have Braille and to have a blind kit so they are literally visually impaired and blind kids learning how to code, and we believe that this will help them enter the economy as well. Jackson presented at the Visually Impaired Conference in Africa last week in Kenya, Nairobi, and our local team has just completed, well, they will complete this following week, a six-week roadshow around South Africa teaching teaches how to play this game with the visually impaired. 
So this is all happening from your church in this city without the agenda of Sunday. And I believe that because someone's life has changed, and I reference without the agenda of Sunday, and their life has changed from getting a job and earning money and contributing to their family, that one day they'll look back and realize that the seed that was planted was planted from a church. <clears throat> and God will have watered that seed in his way and in his time so that they will know that their life actually changed and they'll remember that it was God who made that change in their heart. <clears throat> So I really hope that gives you a bit more context and you can shout from the hilltops about what your church is doing and you can be proud of what we're doing from this city. I'll go back to Vince. Great job, Brian. Great job, Brian. <laughs> I said to Ryan in the week, don't you dare take less than five minutes because people are going to be left, and I use this word, slack-jawed. At what? Is happening, and I was thinking as I was sitting there, what what the world needs now is church, church, church. Right? It's not love, sweet love. Well, the love of Jesus, maybe. I've I've got a few. Just just to let production know, I see myself on the screen over there. I'd prefer to see my notes and not gaze up into my own nostrils. <laughs> Please, and if I could get the timer, that would be great. Thank you for being patient with us today and uh, really spent some great time in worship. I wanted to conclude the series we had called Walk the Line about entering through the narrow gate, Matthew 7 says, for wide is the gate and broad is the road that leads to destruction and many enter through it, but small is the gate and narrow is the road that leads to life and only a few find it. Well, we've been talking about the fact that the straight and narrow is full of Snares and arrows. There are no snares on the road to destruction. There the enemy does not set up camp. He is trying to entrap you on this very narrow road on the way to life. And the believer's journey is full of tests and trials. We ought not to think that we're going to, um, we're not going to have any. <laughs> we should expect them. And I wanted to talk about one specific trial today. And that is the trial of worry or spiritual anxiety. Much like what you felt last night at about half past nine, ten, something. <laughs> that sense of help. When I was younger, you know, we sang that song, uh, Here's a little song I wrote. I like to sing it note for note. Don't worry. And I... <laughs> you know... I loved that song when I was young, and we sang it as a choir, and one of the choirs I sang, I was like, yeah, don't worry, be happy. And then the older I got, I go like, yeah, it's not that easy. <laughs> it's like, don't worry, be happy. So I'm like, nobody has gone, okay, I'll do that now. <laughs> and, and, and then all of a sudden, you sleep easy at night. Yeah, <laughs> nobody has done that. Now, you're not, you might not be a singer, but all of God's people need a song. You need a song. For night time will come, and that is when you need a song. When you're walking the line, sometimes, on this journey on the straight and narrow, you're walking in the dark. And um, 
In the dark, we do not often see the shape of things. It's tough to discern things in the dark. Like, you know when, you, when the lights are off in, inside your home, you like, open your eyes wide to let as much light in as possible so that, you, so that it might flood your eyes with light, the little bit that there is, so you can see at least some definition of things in places. And, or the lights suddenly go out in a room and it is so dark, it takes a few minutes for your eyes to adjust. Sometimes on our journey, it is dark. And instead of closing our eyes, what we do in the dark sometimes, in seasons of darkness, we close our eyes and pretend like it's not happening. We should open our eyes and just let some light in. God, that I could see the outline of some of the things on the side of the road. But sometimes the lights go off when you least expect it. There's a tragedy, there's a problem, there's a retrenchment, there's something that just hits you, a health scare, just hits you and the light's off, and your eyes can't seem to adjust just yet. When we're walking in the dark and in the night, we need something that'll guide us and help us persevere through seasons of anxiety, times of worry. And last week, or two weeks ago, I spoke about the split hooves thing. <laughs> I, don't, I, don't, I can't get away from feet. And this week, I wanted to tell you the scientific word for the small toe on your foot. Do you know what it is? We're going to put the scientific word for a small toe. Can we have that up there? Can anybody read that? It's called a coffee table in the dark detector. <laughs> or a coffee table leg in the dark detector. I don't know. I lost it. Now, I know that it's funny, but often that does happen on the straight and narrow, isn't it? There's, it's almost feeling our way through it. And we can't see the outline of some things and we just feel like we're walking in the dark, really. Sometimes you don't know that you're walking in the dark, and I'm going to tell you how you know whether you are or not. So I wanted to give you the treatment for anxiety that the Bible is giving us, the biblical treatment for an anxious heart. Now, I know that anxiety is also medically treatable, and myself, I have fought that giant, but I can tell you now that if it was not for this thing that I'm going to tell you today, I would not be set free at all. This is the one thing you need as a weapon against anxiety. Anxiety is Achilles' heel. This weapon, if you have it, no other weapon formed against you shall prosper. So what is this type of spiritual anxiety we, 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 we encounter? It's like a mistrust of God being at work and an overload on your self-reliance for your own freedom and fulfillment. That is spiritual anxiety. You might not know you're doing it, but you're walking in the dark then. It's a type of unbelief. And this, this unbelief is really troubling because you know we should be more fearful of missing or disobeying God than we are of going through trouble itself. <laughs> Sometimes we're, we are scared of going through something simply because we're afraid that God might not show up for us. That is spiritual anxiety. 
you know, when my second daughter was born, there was this massive fear of losing my children, almost debilitating, like crippling fear, like I couldn't even breathe fear. And I thought to myself, what, what would happen if one of them were taken away? Would I shake my fist at God? God, don't do this. What God taught me was to fear nothing other than Him alone and trust in no one else but Him alone. You see, the enemy's ploy is to hold your foot in the dark there, on the straight and narrow. And that's when you become stagnant. Hold on to that fear. What would happen if this had happened, Vince? So, what is this implement, this weapon? To silence or slay anxiety. What is its Achilles heel? Job 35 verse 10. This guy called Elihu is talking to Job. Now, Elihu was wrong about what he said to Job, okay? But his statement is true here. But it was just not true of Job. So when you read the book of Job, it's a complicated book, but there are many true statements in it, biblically sound statements in it. But some of them are just not appropriate for Job. These guys were trying to determine why Job was in such a bad spot. This is not the reason, but this is the reason why we might be anxious. It says, but no one says, where is my God, my maker, who gives songs in the night? You know, there's a difference between a prayer of panic and a song in the night. Often we come to God, help me, help, help, that's me, right? For about a few years, I think the only thing I could pray was help. But what I did not realize is that God had given me a song in the night. And I neglected, neglected to apply that song as the healing balm to my anxiety. We look to the left and to the right to escape our troubles sometimes, and we forget to lift our eyes up to the mountains and say, where is God, my maker, who gives songs in the night? So let's look at this quickly. The God, my maker, who gives songs in the night. You know that it's necessary that we have night. <laughs> the night is one of the greatest blessings we enjoy on earth. Time for rest. We have many th- sort of reasons to thank God for it. It's necessary that we have trials and tests because it will lead us to rivers of living water. Without a light to see the shape of things when it's dark, we feel lost. So some of you might feel like, Vincent, I'm okay. I said, I just want to give you something for when you're lost, and I've got a duty for you if you don't feel like you're in the dark today. There's an important part you have to play. So I've got some statements I'd like to make. Firstly, Who is the author of Songs in the Night? One, the author of Songs in the Night. If I could have that up, please. The author of Songs in the Night. It says, God, the maker, gives songs in the night. When it goes really well with you, any man can sing in the sunshine. Got sunshine in my pocket. Got that good song in my feet. Got that... Stops. Right? You should have done the ooh that time. <laughs> I don't want to get copyright strikes. <laughs> when there's an abundance of security and love and money and 
you know, everything's going great. Bless the Lord of my soul. Everybody can sing, bless the Lord of my And with all that's within me, bless his holy name. Woohoo! Right? When it's daytime, it's easy to see the sheet music, you know? But when it's night, you're going to need a song in your heart. A skillful singer can sing without the sheet music. It's important that we have the sheet music of the word, but you might need it to be more than just in your head or next to your bed. It must be in your heart too. You must sing from the heart. No one can make a song in the night himself or herself. You can try, but this passage says that he gives songs in the night. He is the author. It's not natural to sing when we're in trouble, is it? How are you? When, when everybody sees your world is crumbling and you're like, blessed and highly favored of the Lord, brother. <laughs> it's blessed and highly, oh man. But if everybody can see you're not well, I, I, I struggle to connect with people like that, you know. Because bless the Lord is a daylight song. But if you're in night and everybody can see it, rather say, it is not too great right now, but my friend, God has given me a song in the night and I will not take my gaze off of him. Come what may. You know, it's such a divine song that we read in the book of Habakkuk. Habakkuk 3, you know the song. I'll say so di feya bumni botni. There's not an English version. There should be one, right? Dear my God, give her my krach, I mark my foot. For the Afrikaans people, she's di faner a book. It's weird words. Habakkuk 3, 17 to 19 says, Though the fig tree does not bud and there are no grapes on the vines, though the olive crop fails and the fields produce no food, though there are no sheep in the pen and no cattle in the stores, yet... I will rejoice in the Lord and I will be joyful in God, my Saviour. The sovereign Lord is my strength. He makes my feet like the feet of a deer on the straight and narrow path, enabling me to tread on the heights. You know, there was a song that the Israelites sang after they crossed the Red Sea. And it was Miriam and Moses, horse and rider, he's thrown into the sea. Woohoo! Look at them there. God has saved us. What about before they crossed? That was a daylight song. What about a night song? What happened when they thought there's no way out of here? We're trapped. They needed a song in the night then. When fear and anxiety is crushing on them from Pharaoh's army, here's what happened. Exodus 14, verses 14 to 16. The Lord will fight for you, is what Moses said. You only need to be still. Wait. Now, that's not the song in the night, okay? This is a nice verse. But let's see what God says. Then the Lord said to Moses, so Moses said the first one, be still. I need to be still. The Lord will fight for you. Moses says, why are you crying out to me? <laughs> Tell the Israelites to move on. Raise your staff and stretch out your hand over the sea to divide the water so the Israelites can go through the sea on dry ground. God spoke to Moses in the night of their anxiety and said, move on. Move through. 
Raise your hand. He sent a pillar of cloud, of fire. Songs in the night come only from God alone. They are not in the power of man. For Moses, his prayer was, God, give us a song in the night. We are still here. That's all he did, right? I'm here. Give us the instruction to proceed through the night of anxiety. Secondly, what are the notes of the song in the night? The notes of the song in the night. What does this text mean when we say that God gives songs in the night? We think that we find sort of two answers to that. Firstly, is that God is our only song. In the nighttime, we sing of God alone. In the day, we sing songs of how impressed we are with ourselves, our success at work, our great parenting skills, sometimes bad ones, our great cooking, our love lives, our, you know, those sorts of things. Woohoo! But in the night, when the night moves in, we cannot sing praise to anyone else except our God. When circumstances are difficult and times are tough, God alone can give us a song in the night. Not only does he give us songs in the night, but he is our song in the night. That sometimes there's nothing left to sing about in the day or in the night. Let him be your song. Not only is God our only song, he's the only one who inspires songs in the night. I would, I would like to describe somebody to you. I meet often with people who are almost inconsolable, depressed or anxious or struck with trauma or their past. And it's as if though, it doesn't matter what you say. It doesn't matter if I send Pastor Brian, the great encourager of our church, or Matthew, the joyful, jumping, you know, encourager, or send Michael or send George, send any of you who are delightful, or I go serenade them with a song. Some people, it doesn't matter how much you sing at them or counsel them, nothing will happen to change except let God come to that child in the night. Let God whisper to him in his ear as he lies on his bed and you will see his eyes light up and start to see lines that define the next steps. Do you not hear him say something to you in the night? In the night season. Yeah, there are so many that's only given by God alone. He is the only one who inspires that song in the night. Often it does come through a pastor, a person, a friend, a father, but is inspired by God and God alone. The rest would only be noise. All we need from God when we're in the nighttime is one sweet word. One sweet word. It is God that has done it. For God gives songs in the night. Isn't it mind-blowing that one sweet little word can make many night songs for a believer? Think of your life and how one word sustained you for weeks. There was one word God gave me in the year 2004. I think I stood on that word for 10 years. And I read nothing else and I prayed nothing else. I stood on that. I studied some other things, 
But when it came to nighttime, I sang that song. And I beat out that scripture and that word, that piece of gold God gave me. I beat it out. As a believer, we hammer this word out so it might serve up for us the promises of God in night seasons. I have lived these promises. A promise that God would strengthen you. Isaiah 41. A promise that God will take care of all of your needs. Matthew 11. A promise that God will answer your prayer. Matthew 7 verse 7. A promise that all will work out for the good of those who love Him. Romans 8. A promise that God will be with you. James 4. promise that God will protect you. Psalm 34. A promise of freedom from sin. Romans 8 again. These things we treasure. And it's though they can sustain us for weeks or months on end. Give us a song in the night, Lord. And we are left wanting for nothing other than just one sweet word again and again from you. Simply hammer out these promises into a gold leaf and plate your whole existence with joy from it. Believers get their songs in the night from God. God gives the inspiration. He teaches us how to sing. He is my God, my maker, who gives songs in the night. So then, you don't need to psych yourself up, right? To make your heart glad in times of trouble. We go to our God, our maker, and ask him to give us a song in the night because we are poor and lowly, dry wells. Like a pump. I don't know if you've seen sort of a pool pump, maybe. It's got a little reservoir where all the water has to be in. But if there's no water in that pump, it's a little bit, it's like a few liters, it won't draw up any other water from the pool. And this song in the night is that bit of water that God pours into the pump to prime it. And then you find yourself drawing up from the well of the rest of the pool in your heart. But he needs to pour in, into the pump, into your heart, into those intakes and into those airy spaces. We do not get this anywhere else. Everything and everyone else will be full of air unless they come with the refreshing word of living water into your soul, given by God to sustain you who are weary. And then you find yourself drawing up the rest of the water and the well that is in your heart. He is the great composer of songs and the teacher of music. And it is him who can teach you how to sing. He can teach you the song that drowns anxiety. So what do we sing about? Well, to wrap up, I know we're late. To wrap up, we sing about three things, okay? We sing either about the day that is over, the night itself, or the morning that is to come. Those are our three songs as believers. Let's talk about the day that is over. I'm defining this remembering the sunshine. I have doubts and fear now. You might have doubts and fears now, but I remember his blood shed for me. It was not always nighttime in my walk. The path might be full of thorns now, but praise God that I am on the king's highway. He is not only a daylight God because He's not only able to know us in the daytime, but he knows his children in the darkness too. He loves us now in the darkness as much as ever. 
Now I wanted to pause quickly. You might not know that you're in a night season of your work with, walk with God. So don't think that I'm only talking about nighttime as trouble at work, trouble at home, or trouble even in your mind. There's another trouble that is far greater than all of these, and that is a spiritual apathy and stagnation in your walk with God. That is truly a real tragedy that we need to focus on and uproot. And a song can cheer you up in the night season. A song of yesterday. Be careful that your yesterday is not so long ago that you can hardly remember it. When you're recalling days from 30 years ago, you need a new song. That's when you have to pray Psalm 40 and say, God, put a new song in my mouth. So we sing of things past. Think even further back to creation, to God's covenant, to his redemption. Think of his great and glorious plan to redeem us and you will get a song in the night. There are even more songs from the day that is over. Can you not sing of the moment when Jesus met you, when you're in the nighttime? When you were blind and dead in your sin, can you not sing of the moment that he crushed your chains down to the earth? For he says, I am the breaker and I've come to break your chains and set you free. Can you not sing that song of yesterday, of when you met Jesus? Remember the songs of yesterday when your voice was loud in church, like today, singing he is worthy, singing I am forgiven. Go back to that day. And sing that moment and you'll have a song in the night. Come, let us go to the river of our experience and draw up a few reeds from the river, weave it into a basket and put in our tiny infant faith that it might float down the stream. Do not forget what God has done for you. It is a song in the night. Turn over the book of remembrance. Light up the lamps of yesterday. And they'll glitter in the darkness. And you'll find that God has given you a song in the night. But some of you say, I can't remember or see any of God's kindness towards me. Vincent, what if I've never seen or experienced God's kindness like that? God has never been kind to me, Vince. I've only known trouble. One thing after the next, it feels like I've just been in darkness since the moment I've met Jesus or from as long as I can remember. I wanted to encourage you today. And church, we are here to encourage those people. I want your participation in the next moment. If God has never seemed or been kind to you from your perspective, one thing I can tell you now is that he has been kind to others. There's a story of a sailor, uh, sort of a reflection of our Christian journey. And this sort of remembering yesterday to give us a song in the night is like a sailor who's drifting in the bay or in the docks. And we say to him, throw your rope over the bollards that you might tie yourself to something stable and draw yourself back in. But some of us might drift so far that the shore is pretty far away. To you I say, cast your rope to the one nearest to you around another person's testimony. Cast your rope to a ship that might be closer to the shore and has an anchoring point. Throw your rope around Jonah's testimony, around Daniel's testimony, 
of delivering him from the lions. Around Shadrach, Meshach, and Abednego's testimony of God was with them in the fire. Around Job's testimony that God restored everything he had lost. Around Jesus' testimony that God raised him up and now he is seated at the right hand of the Father. Tie your rope around those testimonies. Then I wanted to say to you, if you feel like God has not been kind to you, I want you to raise up I want you to look at the hands that are gonna be raised in the next moment. Because if God has been kind to you, would you raise your hand? If you have a song in the night, would you raise your hand for people around you? And I wanted you to look at these hands and you're gonna lasso your rope around the testimony of others in your lives. And I want you to keep your hands up, people, if you've seen and known and come to know the goodness and kindness of God that leads us to repentance. And that you are keep it up in worship, keep it up at work, keep it up in your family so that somebody might throw their rope around it and say God might not I can't see it now but I see it I see it there and that'll be your song in the night do not drift too far off two more things I'm so sorry the night itself is the other thing we sing about here is a very powerful thing no matter how dark it gets It is because of the abundant mercy of God that we are not lost and destroyed at all. Even if you cannot get it out very loudly, we have the song of amazing grace. I do not know. Some of you say, I do not know where I'll get my next meal or where I'll work next. I feel like I'm poor and lowly. So you might be. But you are not so poor as you deserve to be. And do not be offended that I'm saying this, church. For every child of God can acknowledge that we have no right to the least bit of God's mercy. It all comes through the channel of grace alone. It flows through the cross of Christ alone. I have escaped the clutches of the enemy and I have no right to grumble. Even if I were in hell, Even there, I have no right to complain. I fully deserve God's judgment. We have no cause to murmur against God. We can lift up our hands and say, the night is dark, but it might have been even darker than this. But thanks to the grace and mercy of Jesus Christ, who saved a wretch like me. I am poor, but I could have been poorer. I'm sick, but I could have been dead. Yet I have friends and companionship and the church of God. Oh, there will always be that thing to sing about. The amazing grace of Jesus. So that's the second song, right? I thank you, God, that it's not all darkness. Besides, however dark the night is, there's always the star of the gospel shining in every room, in every place. We can sing of the night itself. And lastly, we can sing of the day that is to come. There's a story, and I'll wrap up with this, of a lady who was passing away on her deathbed. And a very famous preacher came to pray for her. And he said to her, ah, whatever her name is. I don't want to, you know, use Ah, Miriam, I don't know. Ah, Miriam, you've had a blessed life. You've known the loving kindness of God. You have seen his hand at work. You have been a servant of God all days of your life. And she stopped him and she said, listen, 
It is not the saint's saviour that I need now. I need the sinner's saviour now. He is not the saint's saviour, friends. He is the sinner's saviour. And all he had to do was to remind her of the golden streets, of the walls of jasper, of hearts of gold, of songs of praise. And her eyes glistened and she said, Ah, yes, I will be there soon because he is not the saint's saviour, but the sinner's saviour. Thank you, Lord. Our troubles and anxiety are only fully defeated by something only God can supply. Not the thing man can supply. But God supplies it and we apply it. It's all good and well you've got ointment for your wound. Ah, I feel better now. You have to put it on. It's all good and well you've got a meal. You've got to eat it. God supplies it, we apply it. In the night of our trouble, you need a lamp unto your feet to avoid coffee tables and a song in the night to persevere with joy until morning. Psalm 42 verse eight says this, the Lord will command his loving kindness in the daytime and in the night his song shall be with me, a prayer to the God of my life. Let us stand together and pray. Let us stand together and give thanks to the Lord. I wanted us to look at that verse again and then I wanted to lead you through a prayer. The prayer won't be on the screen. I'm just going to pray it slowly. Here's that verse again. The Lord will command his loving kindness in the daytime and in the night his song shall be with me. His song is with you in the night. So he gives a song and you respond with a prayer to the God of your life. God give me that song in the night. Now, you might be okay. It might be daytime for you, but prepare your song for the night. It might be daytime for you, but have have a song in the night to give others. Raise your hand up and let others lasso their rope around you so they might find the firm footing of the mercy of God. Let's close our eyes for a moment in prayer. Thank you, Father, that you have given us a song in the night. Thank you, Father, that this song of your gospel is the ultimate blow to our anxiety, to our fear, and to our waywardness and our unbelief, this free gift of your grace. We come and we ask for those of us who are in darkness right now, would you give us a song in the night? For those of us who are in the daytime, would you give us the courage to not fear man and to raise up our song in the day before men? So here is our prayer. I wonder if you can pray with me where you are in your heart. Lord Jesus, Even though we sing songs that say we will always praise you, we admit that we cannot always praise you correctly. When it is a season for rejoicing, 
we will rejoice all the more. But when it is night time, we ask that you will give us a song in the night. So come, God, our maker, and give us a song in the night. Amen. Give the Lord a shout of praise and thanksgiving in this place.